Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Everybody, welcome into another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. Very happy to be with you on this Wednesday, May 11th. If you're listening to this on the day it dropped, if you're not, well, now you know what day it dropped. There you have it. My name is Mr. Wonderful, and I want to hit some business before we dive into what is going to be a a really busy week. Going to get into a non-spoiler Doctor Strange 2 review, as well as some conversation around Doctor Strange. I've seen a lot of conversation about is this an R-rated Marvel film? How did it not get an R rating? So we'll get into that. Plus, if you enjoyed Doctor Strange 2, uh, I've got some other movies that you might want to check out if you haven't already seen them. Uh, going to get into a bit of Chucky season two news that I saw, as well as uh, discussing the Adam Sandler drama that just dropped its latest trailer, Hustle. Uh, that's coming to Netflix next month, so a new trailer for that dropped. Also... Uh, We're going to talk about John R. Cherry for a little bit here in the show. Uh, He is the man that brought Ernest to life. But before we get to all of that, I want to start things off by saying, hey, make sure that you uh, like and subscribe to this show wherever you are listening on all streaming platforms. That's where you can find this show, as well as any show that is a part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. So if you go to Facebook.com, Thrill Me Podcast Network, Give us a like. You'll be able to stay up to date on every one of the Throw Me Podcast Network shows. Got a little bit for everybody. If you're a metal fan, we got you covered on Monday with the Metal Groove with uh, Tombstone Josh. If you like this show, uh, well, then we got you covered with more headlines, stuff that I don't cover in this show with the review at Rob's show every Tuesday. He's got you covered. He's got uh, a non-spoiler Doctor Strange 2 review for you as well. Tomorrow, Zach Speakeasy will be out. Uh, Play a little drinking games tomorrow with his latest guest, Justin Wilson. A great conversation they had last week. Uh, And then, of course, this Friday is Friday the 13th, and there is a lot going down uh, as far as the YouTube channel goes, Thrill Me Podcast Network. So if you go like the YouTube page, subscribe there, you'll be up to date on everything. But also, there is now a Thrill Me Podcast Patreon. So you can get Haunter's Podcast early, you can get... Uh, a ton of stuff. We got different tiers for you. Want to say a big thank you to our top tier supporters so far. You guys rock where you get all the content. Uh, but yeah, there's different breakdowns and all of that. So if you go to the Facebook page again, Thrill Me Podcast Network, we've got the tiers there for you. So you can sign up to our Patreon. And some of the stuff that was a part of the Haunters Podcast Patreon, now a part of the Thrill Me Podcast Patreon, uh, as well as review at Rob's awesome nightmare on review it street all of those are now available on our patreon page so if you missed that uh when review it rob had a patreon channel uh, definitely want to sign up for that he reviews all of the nightmare on elm street films uh, the saw films as well but yeah there's plenty of content on the patreon to keep you busy listen we give you the free shows during the week and then we give you so much on the patreon to keep you busy uh, after you finish these shows during the week. So we we, we we tie up so much of your time with uh, fun entertainment. So now that that's all out of the way, uh, before we dive into uh, 
what I what I mentioned with uh, talking about John R. Cherry. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard lawsuit's been going on, uh, and you know I said I wasn't going to really discuss much of it. We're not review it. Rob has discussed it, uh, and you know some conspiracy theory things been going on with that. Uh, with one of the sides uh, might be doing their best to block the review at Rob's show. Uh, But I saw this come out of the trial. So everybody's got their eyes on it. Uh, But toy companies are now jumping in on the uh, defamation lawsuit that is Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And and I I just, you know what? I'm just going to play you the commercial for the latest toy uh, that is now out. New from Mattel, it's the My Lil Defamation Lawsuit playset. Comes with Johnny Depp action figure, complete with mafia-looking suit, sunglasses, and hair and ponytail. You'll also get the Amber Heard doll. Comes with a pantsuit, disheveled hair, fake tears, and even a real-looking turd. Playset includes mini-replica courtroom where your kids get to say things like hearsay, leading the witness, and sidebar. Objection. The My Lil Defamation Lawsuit playset. Your kids will have hours and hours and hours of fun. Now available in Virginia. Johnny's rings and missing fingertips sold separately. Yeah, so, I mean, wow, these these playsets, man, they're really, really accurate these days. So, yeah, maybe uh, get your kids that. An early Christmas gift, so to say. The My Little Defamation Lawsuit playset. All right, now that that goofiness is out of the way, a little bit of uh, serious news to start the show. Uh, on May 8th, John R. Cherry III passed away at the age of 73 due to Parkinson's disease. Now, Cherry is perhaps best known as the creator of Ernest P. Worrell, uh, the bumbling, none-too-bright-but-good-hearted blue-collar hero played by the late Jim Varney in TV shows, commercials, and 11 feature films, plus Cherry is the guy who directed 10 of those 11 features. Uh, and according to a 1993 interview in the Los Angeles Times, uh, Ernest was first invented in 1980 uh, and was inspired by one of Cherry's dad's co-workers, a confident man who thought he knew everything but actually knew nothing. He found his muse in Varney, an inspiring stand-up comedian at the time, who, who really personified uh, or uh, that overconfident bumpkin And history was made. I've talked about Ernest before on this show a while back. Ernest came up in my household with my now fiance at the time, my girlfriend, uh, because she had never seen an Ernest film. And I was losing my mind when I came across the old commercials on TikTok because there is a fan page for his old commercial spots. So I was losing my mind, went into a deep dive. She had no idea who Ernest was. I'm going to start her off with the first film uh, that... Ernest was released in, uh, which is Ernest Goes to Camp, which, interestingly enough, is the best-rated Rotten Tomatoes-approved Ernest film. That one actually sits at uh, a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not too bad, but that is the first Ernest movie and a film that Cherry directed. Uh, and, and honestly, this this news is a little upsetting. Uh, I talked about it in that Ernest episode. Ernest was a big part of my childhood. I loved Ernest Goes to Camp. I, I vividly remember, and my mom does not know how I remember, but her taking me to see Ernest Goes to Jail in theaters, which might be one of the best Ernest movies out. Uh, truly, honestly, Ernest Goes to Jail might be the best of the Ernest films, but growing up with Ernest and to lose the guy who 
who helped create this character. You know, I, I mentioned it when I first talked about him uh, a few months back with uh, Jim Barney was a big part of my childhood. I remember after he passed away, how sad I was uh, after he lost his battle with cancer. But now losing Cherry, who for years has actually indicated that he's wanted to revisit the Ernest character. Like they, it, it, before Jim Varney passed away, they were working on a bunch of different Ernest films, like Ernest Goes to Space, stuff like that. You know, the typical world that the Ernest films were always set in, which is Ernest in a in his house, whether, you know, some type of new house, but always finding a new adventure, always a happy-to-be-there type guy. So uh, they were working on a bunch of different stuff before uh, Jim Varney passed away. And apparently Cherry was working on things post that where he actually more recently wanted to revisit the character uh, and and introduce Ernest's child as a way to keep the Ernest character alive. That was back in like 2012, so just less than a decade ago. He was talking about rebooting it with the younger actor as Ernest's son. So, yeah, we, we, we lose the man behind the character that we've loved. So uh, a sad loss, uh, you know, you might be listening to this and be like, man, you know, I don't really care because Ernest wasn't my thing. And that's the thing. Ernest was a very, the jokes weren't the strongest. The stories were never the strongest, but it was never about that with Ernest. It was always about uh, watching, watching Jim Bernie do his thing, be these multiple characters be this bumbling goofball, this very fun-loving guy that, yeah, he doesn't know anything, and, you know, definitely redefined the stock of the funny redneck uh, and really brought that to a forefront in the 80s and and into the early 90s before eventually the shtick uh, truly kind of lost its steam and Ernest became a direct-to-video thing. But, yeah, losing Cherry... Uh, it's, it's a sad day. It's, it's, so I wanted to take a little moment here to start the show off to remember the guy who brought us this character, uh, that many of us grew up loving and some of us might not have loved, but hopefully you respected the character at least. And, and it's a, again, it's a really interesting story how Ernest began as just a pitch man for pretty much anything was the most generic, like instead of you know, being the Kool-Aid man and having this one mascot for one thing. Ernest was such an open-ended character that he could be the mascot for so many things. So to see him go from being this character created to be a mascot for products like Mountain Dew and Mellow Yellow and car dealerships to then go on and become this movie star to then become a home video movie star. Oh, that's... it's. It's it's a crazy story, uh, an unbelievable story as well. Like honestly, there. If I was working in Hollywood, I probably would try and make the "How Did Ernest Come About" movie and tell the John R. Cherry the third story. But uh, rest in peace, sir. Thank you for giving us Ernest and that work. And uh, again, I'll be watching Ernest Goes to Camp real soon, showing that one to the fiance. Uh, Ernest scared stupid always makes my Halloween time watch. It's just, it's not a great film, but you know what? Damn it. If, if it isn't one of those films that you see it at such a young age, 
it sticks with you that even when you get older, you're like, man, this really is kind of dumb. It's still adorable and it's still fun to watch. So uh, rest in peace. Good, sir. All right. Moving on to some of the headlines before I get into a lot of Doctor Strange 2 talk. Now, everything I talk about with Doctor Strange coming up will be spoiler free. Uh, But I wanted to talk about the new Adam Sandler movie coming out, Hustle. Uh, The latest trailer dropped. And it's pretty clear that this Netflix movie uh, is very much Sandman going back to the drama board. He is not really taking on the goofy that Sandman does. Uh, This looks more the lines of like Spanglish, Rain Over Me, Funny People, uh, the stuff he did with the Safdie brothers with Uncut Gems, and I know that they're working on a new one. Uh, But this is going to be hitting Netflix again next month. Uh, And if you don't know what this movie's about, uh, Sandler plays uh, an agent, a talent scout, uh, who ends up coming across a -a once-in-a-lifetime player with a rocky past abroad. Down on his luck, this basketball scout takes it upon himself to bring the phenom to the States without his team's approval. Against the odds, they have one final shot to prove they have what it takes to make it in the NBA. Uh, If this sounds like a bunch of other sports movies you've seen, chances are, yeah, it is. Uh, The Air Up There with Kevin Bacon. Uh, The Scout with Brendan Fraser. You know, this story is told. It's it's a typical archetype for a a good sports movie. Uh, Now, here's the thing, though. Like the typical sports movie, this could either be a really great movie or probably a really bad movie. Uh, it could go either way, but I do think the trailer looks pretty solid. Uh, you know, I like Sandler's dramatic roles a lot. I'm a huge fan of Uncut Gems. I am a defender of Spanglish. I know a lot of people didn't really like Spanglish, but I thought Spanglish was a pretty damn good film. Uh, so yeah, uh, we got we got Sandler. Queen Latifah plays his wife. Ben Foster's in the film. Uh, you got Robert Duvall. As well, the Godfather legend himself is in the movie. So uh, it's a strong cast. Uh, I'm curious to see what this film is going to be. Uh, I'm very excited for it. So yeah, Sandler, this this could be the best Sandler Netflix film we get. Uh, Because, you know, I'm not taking shots at the other stuff, but The Ridiculous Six made sense. Uh, or Ridiculous 8, whatever it was. Uh, you know, the do-over, things like that. Oh, makes sense. I, the murder mystery film was probably the best one up to this point with Jennifer Aniston, and they are making a sequel. But I think Hustle is going to be one of those films uh, that really surprises us. Uh, I'm ready for it. Uh, and again, next month, this is going to be hitting our Netflix accounts. That's if you still have a Netflix because they have kept seeing numbers drop and they're moving closer to an ad tier uh that ad supported tier that they're bringing in the lower fee one uh wasn't supposed to come this year at least indications were it wasn't going to happen this year but now it seems that ad tier is going to come before the year comes to an end which really makes you think uh how much trouble netflix is really in with everything that's been going on the password sharing thing that they're going to now enforce as well could come later this year where they start charging people extra for the password sharing. Uh, They've had walkouts as a company. Like it has not been a good go of it for Netflix of late and we'll see what happens uh, as time goes on. I'm going to keep an eye on the Netflix stuff because 
out of all of the streamers right now, Netflix might be the one that, while they changed the game and they're the ones that kicked off the whole streaming thing and the streaming wars, I, I, it's, it's been something to keep an eye on for a while because as all the studios start getting in on it and you get like your HBO Max, you get your Disney Pluses, you get your Paramount Plus, you get your Peacocks, all of those, it was always going to be interesting to see how Netflix survived that portion of things and they did really well. It's why they moved forward with so many original programming and so much original content uh, because that's what they're going to eventually need to lean on. They're not going to be able to get the Marvel films the way that they used to, which kept people there. So they've got to be able to create content people love. Stranger Things to me is one of the last things that they really got that's like a, we got them. But knowing that that show is season four coming and season five is going to wrap it up, where are they going to stand? So I think Netflix is in a little bit of trouble right now. So we'll see where things go. This ad tier I mean, for for a company that was so hellbent just in 2020, it was like, we will never have ads on our streaming service because that's why we're better than the others. Well, now they're following suit of the Peacocks and the Paramounts and all the others that offer ad-supported payments and all of that. So yeah, curious to see what happens with Netflix, but I, I do think that even though they changed the game, they are the ones that I feel might be in the most trouble right now. Uh, and and I'm curious to see what happens with HBO Max and Discovery with their upcoming merger that is uh, just becoming more and more official every single day. Uh, it, the government is not stepping in. There's no trust issues with that. There's no monopoly stuff with that. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, the only other little bit of news I have that Rob didn't cover in the review at Rob's show that I thought was interesting, uh, and I'm shocked Rob didn't bring this one up, uh, Devin Sawa is coming back for Chucky season two. Uh, and I don't want to spoil Chucky season one, but if you saw season one, uh, this is a bit of a really, oh, okay. So Devin Sawa coming back, but it was made official when, uh, Chucky actually shot him the email saying, just wanted to let you know the only reason you're here is because I allowed it. Have a great season two. Uh, love Chucky PS. Just kidding. You suck. So Devin Sawa coming back. But again, if you've seen Chucky season one, you might be like, oh, okay. But it also makes sense. I mean, this is a Chucky franchise that has double dipped their actors before. I mean, Jennifer Tilly is a mainstay on the series. She's been Tiffany. She's been Jennifer Tilly. She's been a whole bunch of other integral characters too. Uh, Fiona Dorif has pulled double duty in the franchise before with Curse of Chucky. Uh, even in the, you know, this is the one spoiler I'll give you for the Chucky series. She gets to play the younger version of Charles Lee Ray, which is pretty awesome considering that is Brad Dorif's daughter. And Brad, of course, played Charles Lee Ray in the original and still voices Chucky and technically still plays Charles Lee Ray. Uh, but to have Fiona Dorif pull the double duty, so... Not totally crazy, but still at the same time. Again, I will say, if you've seen season one of the show, when this news broke, I was kind of like, huh, oh, okay. Well, we'll see how that works. Uh, but they say he's coming in and he'll be playing uh, a new character in this upcoming season as well. So we'll see what that is. Uh, and if you have not watched Chucky season one, get on Peacock. 
stream that show. That was one hell of a good time uh, and a good show for sure. All right, before we uh, wrap this show up, I want to get into my thoughts on Doctor Strange 2. Now, uh, another reason you will want to be a part of everything this Friday with the uh, Thrill Me podcast, uh, Thrill Me the 13th event that we are doing uh, with the streaming of the Ash versus Evil Dead game, or, or I should just say the Evil Dead game. It's not Ash versus the Evil Dead, but the uh, Evil Dead game going to be happening at 7. Uh, they're also going to, we're also going to have a 9.30 conversation uh, regarding our spoiler conversation on Doctor Strange 2. So uh, not going to give a full, real review here, except for the fact that Doctor Strange 2 enjoyed the movie, thought it was a really fun uh, Sam Raimi film. When we got it as a Sam Raimi film, there was a lot more Sam Raimi to this movie than I anticipated, which made it super fun to have his style thrown into a Marvel film. Uh, and overall, a good film. Was it the best Marvel film? No. Is it the worst Marvel film? No. But I will say, uh, where this film has taken us, I think has put us as comic book fans, and more specifically the Marvel Cinematic Universe fans, at a bit of a crossroads. Uh, because my screening was quite interesting. The two screenings I went to were both quite interesting, and I feel the reaction after this movie as well uh, has us in 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 two different uh, paths as far as Marvel fans go and as far as comic book fans go and as far as movie fans go, because as a movie, I really, really enjoyed Doctor Strange 2. As a Marvel film, it was fun and it was good and it's above average. It's above all the all the others, but it's a film that currently sits as the second lowest cinema score film just above The Eternals, which, you know, The Eternals wasn't, Again, was one of those where it's like, pretty decent film, okay. I'll say Doctor Strange 2 is much better than that, and I don't understand why the cinema score is that low, but it might have something to do with uh, the conversation that I've heard a lot of since this film came out. And In fact, Variety had an article out uh, where where I ended up in a conversation with, with a few people over the weekend on Twitter because the article was, how did Marvel get away with a PG-13 rating for this film? And... While I will admit, I've said Doctor Strange 2 is a, is a really fun, scary movie, that's still being awfully light on the scary aspect of things. What makes it scary is that it is different. It has the Sam Raimi approach. It has moments like that to it. So it, it knows how to build the tension for a little jump scare here and there, but this is horror movie light. Yes, there are some things in this film that I think oh, all right, that's that's a little gory for, for a comic book film. But I've also talked with some parents that took their kids who were like, oh, no, they, they had no issue with that, or they really, they, they loved that. They thought that was great, and I didn't have an issue with them sitting through that. But then I've also overheard and have had conversations with some parents who were like, wow, they, they really crossed the line with this one. They really went too far with this one. So the best comparison, and here's the thing, when I left the theater, I, I instantly was thinking of the other films from the 80s that brought about the PG-13 rating. The films like Gremlins, the films like Temple of Doom, Poltergeist, stuff like that. Stuff that, and I think Temple of Doom would be the best one to compare it to because Gremlins is pretty gory and pretty violent. Poltergeist is definitely a scary movie filled with, it definitely has a much more gorier scene in Poltergeist. Uh, listen, the 
the dude eating the piece of chicken, then running into the bathroom and his entire head peeling his face off and the face melting stuff. Yeah, that's much more violent than anything we got in Doctor Strange 2. Seriously, 100% for a fact, that is much more violent than anything we got in Doctor Strange 2. But I will admit, I felt more Temple of Doom with this because of the fact that while the first Indiana Jones film was a little violent, Raiders was a little violent, the whole ending sequence, melting faces, stuff like that, Temple of Doom, though, was one of those where parents felt that they were getting a familiar oh, we saw the first Indiana Jones film, we know how far the violence will go. But in Temple of Doom, some of that violence, some of the stuff we see is amped up a little bit more to where parents were not expecting that and were kind of pissed. That was more the feeling I got with Doctor Strange 2, is that Marvel didn't really cross any lines, they just broke away from what's been so familiar as far as the violence, as far as the storytelling, as far as the way uh, the directors handle certain situations, that when you get a director like Sam Raimi that comes in and incorporates his style, his flair, that is well-known for scares, to a film that is very different from the other 20-plus entries, it's bound to ruffle Feathers, And that's what I think is happening here with Doctor Strange 2. I think it has a low cinema score because, again, our audience has hit a division in the road of what type of Marvel film do we want? To me, this was a Marvel film that 100% screams the director. Because, again, I was very shocked at how much Sam Raimi is actually in this movie. You, you figure, oh, director comes in. It's kind of like when Taika Waititi came in and did Thor. You're like, okay, we're we're giving a director that has a certain style. It looks interesting, but how much of his style will be there? Oh, it's a lot of his style jammed into the overall wheel that is the storytelling of the Marvel Universe. That's what happened here. It's a lot of Sam Raimi, but the pitfalls of the film come from the fact that it's also tied into 20 plus other films, TV shows now, stuff like that. So I think that's what's happening with Doctor Strange 2. I do not think this is an R-rated film. I don't think Marvel made a deal of any type. I don't think this film is should be R-rated. I do think you should take some precautions if maybe your kids don't handle a little bit of spooky better than others. Maybe be cautious about it. But at the end of the day, I really did just get the Indiana Jones feel here of it's so different from what we're familiar with that when we showed up thinking we were getting a familiar and we get stuff a little more, again, it's non-spoiler, so I'm not going to go into certain things, but when we get to maybe some multi-dimensional scenes, that stuff will catch people off guard of being like, oh crap, even though it's great storytelling and really fun movie telling and has such a fun style added to it that again comes from the director, who has a history in that style, being able to incorporate it into a Marvel film and have the reign to do that, I think that's what's going on here. I think I think people are reacting to the fact of, wow, I was not expecting this to lean so heavily into this style that because it did, it should have been R-rated. Where at the end of the day, it really doesn't go any further than any of the other stuff. It's just 
the way it's done is not what you're familiar with. That's my takeaway on the whole PG-13 R rating. Is Doctor Strange 2 too violent? Is it too gory? Is it too this? Is it too that? It's none of that. It's just too unfamiliar because we've had 20 plus films of a familiar that when something shakes it up, the audience is going to hit a crossroads of, ooh, I like that, or man, that wasn't right. And I think that's where we are with this. I think that's also why the cinema score is so low for Doctor Strange 2 because, again, I would have, I, I would not have, until I saw how low it was, I would not have expected it to be the second lowest Marvel film cinema score-wise, especially when Thor The Dark World exists. Like, that film still exists, people. And we're, come on. Uh, now, I do want to end the show, though, uh, before I go and wrap things up. I want to end the show by saying, if you did enjoy Doctor Strange 2, uh, there are some other movies you should check out. Similar to it, style-wise, all of that. Uh, things that when I was watching it gave me a, oh yeah, just like that. Uh, for instance, jump back to Sam Raimi's first foray into the comic book world. His film, Darkman. That is an R-rated comic book film. That is a film that absolutely should be R-rated. Liam Neeson, Sam Raimi, uh, Darkman is 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 100% a film where you can see uh, the style being incorporated into Doctor Strange 2. Uh, Inception, another one, collapsing cities upon itself, things like that. There's there's certain moments in this in this Doctor Strange movie where I was like, oh, that gives me a little bit of the Inception feel. Uh, now. Everything else I'm going to list off is horror movie-wise, uh, but I'll start with with one of the more comedy ones. Jumping back into, uh, actually, you know what, I'll, I'll start with, because I have three of these that are Sam Raimi and one that isn't, so I'll start with the one that isn't Sam Raimi, and that is Scanners. There's a certain moment that has a very Cronenberg feel to it in Doctor Strange 2 that I think Scanners, uh, it, it would be a fun film that if you've never seen it, Go give that one a watch. You'll you'll get a little bit of the Doctor Strange 2 feels, especially one specific moment in Doctor Strange 2. Uh, maybe one of the more famous moments from Scanners as well. Uh, you'll, you'll kind of see the comparison there. Now, the final three movies I'll mention, all Sam Raimi, uh, Drag Me to Hell. If you want to watch a PG-13 film that actually pushes the PG-13 to the limits of should it be R, Drag Me to Hell will make you go, yeah, Doctor Strange 2 is a PG-13 film and is fine. Drag Me to Hell is just as gooey, just as ooey, just as gory, just, you know, but throws more at you and is so damn fun. Uh, and, and yeah, Drag Me to Hell is one of those films where, again, you can really see where the Sam Raimi of this film comes in. Uh, now, the other ones, you probably wouldn't be surprised, especially if you've seen the movie, uh, Evil Dead 2, there's so many callbacks to the Evil Dead films, but more specifically Evil Dead 2 and the comedy aspects of Evil Dead 2. I mean, even the Bruce Campbell cameo uh, has elements of Evil Dead 2 to it. And no, I'm not, that's not a spoiler and that's not, I'm not telling you ashy slashy and all that crap or chainsaws and things like that, just... There's a certain feel to it that the minute his scene came, uh, because, and again, it's not a spoiler. It's a freaking Sam Raimi film. Of course, Bruce Campbell was popping up. Uh, guess what? The Oldsmobile is in the movie as well. Uh, so, you know, the Oldsmobile that Peter Parker and, and Uncle Ben had their conversation in. 
the one that appeared in appeared in every Sam Raimi movie has an appearance in this. So Bruce Campbell, of course, was getting an appearance, but his scene has certain levels of ash to it and the Evil Dead 2 film, uh, as well as the final film I'll mention to check out if you liked Doctor Strange 2, and that is Army of Darkness. Again, another Sam Raimi film. Uh, there are things in there that that when you watch those movies, Army of Darkness or Evil Dead 2, that you'll be like, there it is. There's a, there, there are certain characters, uh, more specifically towards the end of Doctor Strange, that when they popped up, I was like, yeah, that's Evil Dead 2, and that's Army of Darkness right there. And, you know, so uh, that's why I do recommend those films. So if you wanted to check out some movies, maybe you've seen them and you haven't seen them in a while and you want to revisit them, or maybe you've never seen them, but you like Doctor Strange 2, uh, definitely check out Darkman, Drag Me to Hell, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, four other Sam Raimi films, Inception, and Scanners. So there you have it. That'll do it for this week. Thank you all for hanging out. Uh, until this Friday, where we do a full Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness spoiler review with the rest of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Have a great week. And remember, like, subscribe, and share this show wherever you're listening. Peace and love.